This is your new English 21 podcast, a podcast made for English learners by English learners. Come with us and share your experience, ideas, and suggestions for all the listeners to improve their English while talking about any topic of your preference, whenever it is in English. This podcast is coming to you from San Jose, Costa Rica, Central America, with your host, Vidal Tellez Narvaez, the English Connector. Come, share, and improve. Thank you very much. And now is the time for the word of the day, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. For today, December 11th, 2020, the word of the day is contraband. Yes, contraband. When it comes to the meaning of this word, we can say that we got here three definitions. One, illegal or prohibited trafficking goods, smuggling. Two, goods or merchandise whose importation, exportation, or possession is forbidden, also smuggled goods. Three, a slave who during the American Civil War escaped to or was brought within the Union lines. These are three definitions that I got here according to the Merriam Webster Dictionary. The spelling for this word is as follows. C-O-N-T-R-A-B-A-N-D, contraband. Yes, and to go a little bit deeper into the context or the historical background of this word, let's say that contraband first appeared in English in the early 1500s as a borrowing of Italian contrabando. This Italian word can be traced to the medieval Latin word contrabandum, a combination of contra, against, and banum, decree. Banum is Germanic in origin and is related to all high German banan, to command. Banan is also related to Middle English banen, to summon or to course, the source of the English verb ban, which now means to prohibit, but which once also meant to curse. As you can see, my friends, English is a very rich language that continues to evolve, not only by adding new words, but also by changing, evolving, and transforming the exceptions and the meanings of the word itself. Finally, Here I got an example. The officers searched the car for weapons, drugs, and other contraband. This has been your section, the word of the day, according to the Merriam Webster Dictionary, in your new English 21 podcast, a podcast made for English learners by English learners. Thank you very much, my friends. And in the section, the quote of the day, we got a very interesting one. 
and it's as follows. The only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. Donald M. Kendall. Yes, my friends, in the dictionary, according to the author of the quote of the day. To know a little bit more about the author of this quote of the day, let's say that Donald McIntosh Don Kendall was born in 1921 and died in September 2020 in the United States. He was an American businessman and political advisor. He served as CEO of Pepsi-Cola, which merged with Herman Life Frito-Lay Incorporated to become PepsiCo in 1965, and as CEO of PepsiCo from 1971 to 1986. This has been the quote of the day with a little bit more detail on the author. Thank you, my friends. And welcome to your section Today in History. As I promised in the introduction of this episode, we got a very fascinating story for today. Because as of December 11, 1936, Edward VIII, King of England, abdicates the throne. Yes, Edward VIII, King of England, abdicates the throne. After ruling for less than a year, Edward VIII becomes the first English monarch to voluntarily abdicate the throne. He chose to abdicate after the British government, public, and the Church of England condemned his decision to marry the American divorcee Wallace Warfield Simpson. On the evening of December 11th, he gave a radio address in which he explained, quote, I have found it impossible to carry on the heavy burden of responsibility and to discharge the duties of king, as I, as I would wish to do, without the help and support of the woman I love." End quote. On December the 12th, his younger brother, the Duke of York, was proclaimed King George VI. Edward, who was born in 1894 was the eldest son of King George V, who became the British sovereign in 1910. Still unmarried, as he approached his 40th birthday, he socialized with the very fashionable London society of the day. By 1934, he had fallen deeply in love with American socialite Wallace Warfield Simpson, who was married to Ernest Simpson, an English-American businessman who lived with Mrs. Simpson near London. Wallace, who was born in Pennsylvania, had previously married and divorced a U.S. Navy pilot. The royal family disapproved of Edward's married mistress, but by 1936, the prince was intent on marrying Mrs. Simpson. Before he could discuss this intention with his father, George V died in January 1936. So Edward became proclaimed king. The new king proved popular with his subjects and his coronation was scheduled for May 1937. 
His affair with Mrs. Simpson was reported in American and continental European newspapers, but due to a gentleman's agreement between the British press and the government, the affair was kept out of British newspapers. On October 27, 1936, Mrs. Simpson obtained a preliminary decree of divorce, presumably with the intent of marrying the king, which precipitated a major scandal. To the Church of England and most British politicians, an American woman twice divorced was unacceptable as a prospective British queen. Winston Churchill, then a conservative backbencher, was the only notable politician to support Edward. So this has been today in history and as you can see, it's a very, a very outstanding story, a very fascinating one. Thank you very much, my friends. Thanks for listening to your new English 21 podcast, a podcast made for English learners by English learners. Remember that you can talk about any topic of your preference whenever it is in English. This podcast came to you from San Jose, Costa Rica, Central America, with your host, Vidal Tellez Narvaez, the English Connector. Come, share, and improve. Thank you very much.